Welcome to episode 22 of Dirt Track Weekly. I'm your host, Kyle Simons. Last week, we looked at Brandon Shepard being named the Longhorn Housecar Driver and the explosive Facebook post from his father tearing down the Rocket Housecar team. We looked at if we are racing too much these days. And we looked at Cameron Smith and Jason Schultz splitting from their teams. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that episode, you can go back in our archives and give it a listen. On Monday, the news came out that Justin Henderson would be driving the Kreitz Racing 69K machine for some year-end shows, including the World Finals at Charlotte, the Final Showdown at BAPS, and the Weldon Sterner Memorial at Lincoln. Henderson has driven the car before, and he has ran a handful of shows at the end of the 2015 season prior to Lance DeWeese being named the driver of the car in 2016. Logan Wagner is currently driving the Kreitz Racing Machine at Port Royal Speedway events, and Darren Pittman is going to run the car for two Williams Grove events, including the National Open, in a couple weeks. Henderson has been a regular at Knoxville the past several seasons, but he does have plenty of experience in central Pennsylvania, including a stint running the Sorocatch Motorsports Machine several years ago, where he won a handful of shows, including a Pennsylvania Speed Week event at Port Royal. He also drove Mark Goldron's number 07 machine for a short time as a central Pennsylvania regular. I look for Henderson to do well in that car. Wagner has performed well ever since he took over for DeWeese earlier this season, and Henderson, much like Pittman, is a guy who makes sense to run that car a handful of times due to his experience level and his ability in a top-notch ride. According to the press release, the door has been left open for Henderson to possibly run the car next season for some events if everything goes well in the three events at the end of the season that Henderson will be driving the car. Looking back on something I talked about a few weeks ago, but since it was happening this week, we need to rehash it. The Seelands Grove National Open was run this past Saturday, paying 26000 to win. They have always had that date and that weekend for that event, regardless of who was promoting the track at the time or not. For whatever reason, Lincoln Speedway decided this season to run the 5000 to win Brian Monteith Classic on that same date. Now, there are not a ton of Lincoln cars that were run over at Seelands Grove because they're a small track, small budget type of team. But that isn't the point behind this. Fans can't be at both places. The Central Pennsylvania fan base is very large, and this move does nothing but hurt Seelands Grove's fan attendance for their biggest show of the year. They also only had 25 cars for that event. There may be only so many dates to work around, but none of the tracks in Pennsylvania should ever be scheduled against another track's biggest event of the season. On Tuesday night, Bobby Pierce won the Flow Racing Night in America event at Fairbury over Dennis Herb Jr., Shannon Babb, Tanner English, and Kyle Bronson. Early in the event, Pierce took the lead after a sequence that saw Hudson O'Neill and Garrett Smith get into it while battling up front. O'Neill entered turn three hard and didn't expect Smith to be in the middle of the track. The traction on the bottom side of the speedway caused O'Neill to get up on two wheels. When the car came back down, he had pushed Smith way up the track. Pierce used this opportunity to take the lead going down the front stretch. When the field entered turn one, Smith door slammed into O'Neill, which hurt both cars, causing Smith to eventually drop out and O'Neill to run 11th. I understand Smith being frustrated, especially since they haven't had a lot of success since winning the Dirt Track World Championship at Portsmouth, but O'Neill clearly didn't want to be on two wheels and slam into Smith. Both guys were able to continue on after that incident, and sometimes cooler heads need to prevail and just keep racing. That incident between O'Neill and Smith ruined the race as Pierce dominated the rest of the event. On Wednesday, it was announced that Emerson Axum would be driving a Keith Coons Motorsports entry in the BC39 event at the dirt track at Indianapolis Motor Speedway later this month. The BC39 has grown into the one of the biggest midget racing events of the season, and Axum has had success in the past in midgets driving for Tim Clausen. We all know that Keith Coons' success in the midget scene as a car owner is legendary, and Axum's ability could lead to this partnership paying huge dividends in one of the biggest midget racing events of the season. 
On Wednesday, it was announced that Kyle Moody would be teaming, teaming up with Trone Motorsports to take over that ride for a couple of weeks. Cameron Smith recently left that ride with Troy Wagaman leaving the second car earlier this season. This could be a great move for Moody, who has had some wins in the past, but it's very hard to run your own team and be successful doing that. Moody could benefit a ton from having a car owner. On Wednesday at night, it was announced that Kevin Newton, the CEO of Honest Day Roofing, in conjunction with JS Promotions, would be starting the Maverick Wing Sprint Car Series in an effort to grow wing sprint car racing in the state of Indiana. The inaugural event will be October 6th with a 6,000 to win event at Lincoln Park Speedway. The goal is to have 10 to 12 events next season, with events already slated for Lincoln Park and Bloomington next season. I think this is a good move. Indiana is wingless sprint car country, but when wing cars run, it is a great show. I always look forward to wing sprint car shows at Kokomo just as much as I would wingless events. Hopefully, they can get Kokomo on the schedule and other great Indiana tracks like Hopstead. There are a ton of great tracks in Indiana, and if you can get wingless guys to commit to running some winged events and some local wingless guys on the tour, that you could put together a nice little regional series that could be great for the entire state. On Thursday morning, it was announced that the Tuscarora 50 at Port Royal Speedway would be made up on Thursday, October 5th, and it would still be an all-star circuit champions event. This precedes a two-night World of Outlaws weekend at Port Royal on Friday and Saturday for the Nittany Showdown. If the Thursday night event is rained out, the makeup date is Sunday. This creates a huge weekend of racing at Port Royal, beginning with the highest-paying show of the season at the track in the Tuscarora 50. We could also see a handful of World of Outlaw teams that have not used up their four free events run this event also. People upset that this event is being run on a Thursday need to get over that. There are only so many dates to be able to run it, and none of those events are a Saturday. With Saturdays used up locally, this is the date that makes the most sense for the track to run it. On Thursday night, Ricky Thornton Jr. passed Brandon Overton on the last lap to win the opening night of the Knoxville Late Model Nationals. Dalton Wilson, Overton, Devin Moran, and Mike Marler completed the top five. Jonathan Davenport had just taken the lead when he made contact with the outside guardrail exiting turn four. When going into turn one, Davenport almost got upside down and his night was over and his car was destroyed. After the event, there was a video from the Always Race Day Twitter page where at the end of the interview, Davenport said, this is a really good car and I just hate bringing a good car to a dump like this. I'm going to chalk that comment up to frustration, but either way, Davenport is largely off base here. The feature that night was excellent. Knoxville always produces great racing. Just because your stuff got jumped doesn't mean you can go out and call the track a dump when you race on a lot worse places throughout the season. Ryan Timms was the winner on night one of the Jesse Hockett race at Lucas Oil for the ASCS sprints over Blake Hahn, Jamie Ball, Derek Hagar, and Garrett Williamson. On Thursday night, it was announced that Australian driver Lockie McDonough would be driving the Macri Motorsports 39M this past weekend at the Brian Monteith Classic. Interested to see how that goes. On Friday night, it was night one of the Fonda 200 for the Short Track Super Series with four qualifying features. Alex Jankowski won qualifying race one over Matt Williamson and Demetrius Drellos. Matt Shepard won the second one over Jessica Friesen and Jamike Soule. Stuart Friesen won the third race over Andy Piketty and Max McLaughlin. And Steve Bernier won the final qualifying race over Matt DeLorenzo and Billy Decker. Kyle Reinhart won night one at Fremont for the All-Star Circuit of Champions over Parker Price Miller, Tim Schaefer, Kerry Madsen, and Zess Sabo. Reinhart took the win on the final lap. Ricky Thornton Jr. made it two wins in a row on night two of the Knoxville Late Model Nationals for the Lucas Oil Dirt Series over Chad Simpson, Devin Moran, Brandon Overton, and Kyle Bronson. Troy Wagaman won the Billy Kimmel Memorial at Williams Grove over Lance DeWeese, Darren Pittman, Dylan Norris, and Danny Dietrich. The race was the first of three starts for Pittman in the Kreitz Racing 69 car. His next events will be the Williams Grove National Open weekend with the World of Outlaws. 
Logan Seavey picked up the victory in the USAC Sprint Show at Circle City over Shane Cottle, Robert Ballou, Kyle Cummins, and Brady Bacon. On night two of the Jesse Hockett race at Lucas Oil for the ASCS Sprints, Jason Martin came home the winner over Sean McClelland, Chase Park, Miles Paulus, and Jeffrey Newell. Brad Sweet brought home the win with the World of Outlaws at Kings over David Gravel, Dominic Selzy, Rico Abreu, and Carson Macedo. Carter Sarf won the Extreme Outlaw Midget Show at Jacksonville over Cannon McIntosh, Gavin Miller, Jade Abadigian, and Zach Dom. On Saturday night, Freddie Raymer won the Brian Monteith Classic at Lincoln over Tyler Ross, Aaron Bollinger, Brandon Raymer, and Corey Haas. Zeb Wise won the All-Star Circuit of Champions race at Fremont over Kyle Reinhardt, Kerry Madsen, Parker Price Miller, and Cole Duncan. Ricky Thornton Jr. became the first driver since Billy Moyer in 2010 to sweep all three nights of the Knoxville Late Model Nationals for the Lucas Oil Dirt Series over Mike Marler, Hudson O'Neill, Jonathan Davenport, and Brandon Overton. Chase McDermott won the Extreme Outlaw Midget Series event at Highland over Taylor Reimer, Jade Avedisian, Gavin Miller, and Zach Dom. Buddy Kofoid took home the win at Placerville with the World of Outlaws over Carson Macedo, James McFadden, Justin Sanders, and Corey Day. Stuart Friesen picked up a $56,000 victory in the Fonda 200 for the Short Track Super Series over Matt Shepard, Tyler Dipple, Matt Williamson, and Tim Fuller. Brady Bacon won the $20,000 Hobstad Hustler event at Tri-State for the USAC Sprints over Kevin Thomas Jr., Dustin Beck, Mitchell Moles, and Kyle Cummins. Brent Marks won the $26,000 Gymnase Memorial National Open at Sealands Grove over Justin Peck, Danny Dietrich, Devin Borden, and Brian Brown. Tyler Emery brought home a ULLMS Late Model Series win at Hummingbird over Andrew Yoder, Levi Getter, Matt Lux, and Ryan Montgomery. On Sunday night, Chase McDermott made it two extreme outlaw midget wins in a row with a win at Red Hill over Taylor Reimer, Zach Dom, Jay Davidigian, and Gavin Miller. And also on Sunday night, Ryan Timmons won the Jesse Hockett Memorial at Lucas Oil for the ASCS Sprints over Jason Martin, Jake Buback, Tim Estenson, and Hank Davis. That does it for this week's episode. If you like what you hear, follow us on whatever app you use to listen to your podcasts and follow our Twitter page at Live Dirt Updates. Give us a rating and a review and we would greatly appreciate it. See you next week right here on Dirt Track Weekly.